Hey everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 52 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. Now today, I have something I'm super excited to talk about, to get more information on, and that is an event coming up in August called BJJ Woodstock. Um, I'm not going to get too much into the event in the intro on, on what it is. Uh, you guys can kind of guess, you know, it is three days of peace and jiu-jitsu, uh, as it has been put. But I have the the founder, the owner, the uh, the visionary of BJJ Woodstock on uh, Jordan Peitzman, and he is going to uh, talk to us a little bit about what that event looks like. Um, just a little, uh, 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 just like kind of thought on it before we get started. This came about, this episode came about, usually I am, um, I plan episodes really far in advance. I have somebody that I want to talk to about something specifically. We plan it and then in a few weeks the episode comes out. Uh, this episode, my friend Danny O'Donnell, who you guys just heard on episode 49, said, um, hey, are you going to Jujutsu Woodstock? He messaged me this on Wednesday. And I said, no, I don't know what Jujutsu Woodstock is. What does that mean, Danny? And then he gave me kind of a little bit of info on it. Um, he kind of sent me to Jordan and I said, I need to know more. I really want to know more about this event. This is such a cool idea. And so I messaged Jordan, um, got planned. This was on a Wednesday. We got the podcast recorded today on Thursday, and it comes out the day that you guys are watching on Friday. So this was really quick, uh, a really quick decision to do, and I'm really happy with how the episode turned out. Jordan's a really cool dude, and uh, I think you guys will really like him and really like the vision that he is kind of going after, the thing that he's trying to push. Uh, also, don't forget, before I forget, um, before we get started into our episode, that you guys can download the Simplifying Jiu-Jitsu ebook for free for the next four days. It is no longer going to be free on June 24th. June 23rd is the last day to be able to get your copy of Simplifying Jiu-Jitsu, your free ebook to make your jujitsu training simpler. And that is at bjjsucks.com slash simple. Don't miss it. Don't forget. Also, if you didn't check it out, we did that question and answer yesterday. The three triangles um, setups that I told you I would give you guys uh, are out now if you guys are watching this on Friday, which I assume you are because you wouldn't have gotten it before. You wouldn't be watching this episode before I, uh, before I came out with it. That would be crazy. But those two things you guys can check out. And without further ado, here is the episode. All right, Jordan, how are you doing, man? I'm pretty good. How about yourself, Josh? I am good. So you ran into a little bit of car trouble this morning, uh, or last night, right? Uh, yeah, correct. I was uh, taking care of a friend's cats parked in their designated spot for their apartment parking spot for like 35 minutes. And during that time, they uh, apparently decided to come out and tow my car. So just got back from the, the tow place, you know, $142 later, but 
that's all right. That's uh, probably the least of my worries right now. Would that be on top of having to Uber to the tow place also? Uh, luckily, I had my, my girlfriend stayed here last night, so uh, she, she went ahead and took me down there this morning. And all right, got, all right. We got it taken care of. So, yeah, no Uber, fortunately. What kind of, how many cats are you, are you cat sitting? Uh, three of them. There's, uh, there's two that are out and about, and there's one that I literally never see. I'm looking at, like, I'm, I think I've seen him, like, twice in my entire life, all the different times that I've come over to take care of their cats for him. He's a, he's a pretty cat. Nice. When I was when I was young, I when I was like probably eighteen. I used to dog sit, and that was kind of like because all I did was jujitsu, and so there was really not many jobs that worked with that schedule. But dog sitting was one of them because you would just stay at the person's house, go train, and then come back. Well, one time, and this is like the last time I dog sat. Um, somebody asked me to dog sit their dog. I didn't ask, "Hey, what kind of dog is it?" Uh, so it was a Great Dane. It was like one hundred and forty pounds and they didn't have a fenced-in backyard. So it would just mm-hmm. roam. It would just go wherever it wanted, and it's like a bear walking around the city. Well, then right literally before we, they leave, they show me, here's this food, here's everything. And then uh, the wife goes, hey, uh, just so you know, we have three cats too. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. And so there were three like hairless uh whatever, like Egyptian hairless cats. Oh, geez. And uh, they wouldn't, I, like, they wouldn't mess with me. Like, they had food and stuff. They're like, they won't even, you won't even notice them. Well, I slept at their house. And first night I'm sleeping there, I wake up and there are three Egyptian hairless cats laying on my back because I was sleeping on my stomach, all curled up asleep on my back. <laughs> Freaked me out. I thought I was, I thought I was being murdered or something. Because, yeah. you know, your mind doesn't look at like, oh, it's something furry. It's like, there is something that feels like a man's stubble on his face on oh, your yeah. back right now. And so, yeah, it was it was a it was a mess. It was a mess. Okay, That's so hilarious. You, you have is it three podcasts you're going to be on today? Was that what I saw? In um, no, just uh, throughout the next like now through Tuesday. So I've got you guys, uh, Jujitsu Times. Um, there's another guy, uh, Primal Broadcast, and then one other i forgot about open guard cast open guard cast yeah with uh jake and uh, danny yes so they were two episodes ago for me i've been uh oh really yeah i've been friends with jake and danny for a really long time and so they uh they were two jake and i actually met because he submitted me at worlds at purple belt and uh so we got really we got really into deep into that into that conversation and he was playing really humble like oh no it was a really good match I'm like, Jake, the match was six seconds, man. It was not a good match. Uh, it's like, yeah, but those six seconds, you did really well. You know, your, your hair looked nice. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was a mess. I see that Jake has a seminar at uh, a, an event coming up called BJJ Woodstock. Yes, indeed, he does. He's, uh, he's going to be coming out. He's going to be doing a seminar. Uh, he's also going to be leading our, our commentary team at the beginning of the broadcast. And then uh, we haven't announced it yet, but he will also be competing uh, in one of the higher profile matchups later in the card as Ooh. well. When do you guys think you'll announce it? Uh, that'll probably honestly be before the end of the week. I could see it being maybe later today. I'm basically just waiting on a, a picture for the poster from the other guy. And okay. then uh, once, once I get that, I'll send that over to my designer and he'll have it to me within an hour and then we'll be able to announce it. Awesome. So are you allowed to say any of, so, so I guess we'll step back a little bit. So this is, um, BJ Woodstock is going to be, 
what is the best way to verbalize that? What is the best way to say what the whole, the event as a whole is going to be? And then we can talk more specifically about the super fights. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, to, to boil it down just into a few words, it's going to be three days of peace and jujitsu. Um, you know, Wood, Woodstock's thing was uh, three days of music and, or sorry, three days of peace and music. And so this is going to be three days of peace and jujitsu. Uh, it's going to be a three day festival. Uh, Friday night, we'll kick things off with like the official weigh-ins for the pro card. Uh, we'll have open workouts that'll be live streamed just like the UFC does and stuff where it'll be kind of like a fan expo where people can come out and watch people on stage kind of do their thing and, and warm up and stuff like that. And then that will be followed by a bunch of free live music and dance acts uh, from here in the Des Moines area um, that'll be be showing their stuff just to kind of give you guys a, a look into the, the culture and the, the city of Des Moines because I think a lot of people think of, you know, Des Moines, Iowa as just this, you know, probably this small, primarily white city in the middle of the Midwest and that there's not very much culture and, you know, there's not much going on here. So I, I want to show to the world that there is a lot more going on here. So that, that's how we'll kick things off Friday night. Saturday is going to be uh, an open tournament for kids, teens, adults, and masters. That'll be like a round robin, gi and no gi uh, tournament for all those guys. And then Saturday night we'll do the pro card, which uh, we'll be announcing tons of matchups here in the coming weeks uh, for that. And then Sunday is going to be like an all day festival. So uh, Jake and uh, a handful of other black belts that'll be competing on the card will be conducting seminars. And at the same time, there'll be uh, booths all over the place with people talking about yoga, meditation, mindfulness. Uh, there's going to be a sports psychologist there, uh, hypnotist, um, all kinds of stuff. There's going to be judo seminars, wrestling seminars. So just an, an all day event that'll be free for anybody to attend. And then uh, we're going to be, uh, creating a bunch or have a bunch of creative and innovative ways to get those athletes paid because it is a free event. Yeah. So that is what I think is the coolest and the most interesting thing about this is that it is a free event. What was your, um, what was your mindset? What was your thought process on that, on making this a free event? Yeah. So originally I thought, you know, you know, you kind of do like a, like a festival ticket where you buy the ticket for the day and then you just get to come and you have free access to all the events. And the more I thought about it, um, you know, when you're charging people, what would probably be, you know, a hundred dollars or so for a ticket for the day, um, you're probably only going to get a couple hundred people in there to do this seminar. And when you're trying to split that money between, you know, five or six different uh, seminar presenters and then, you know, a couple artists and, you know, these hypnotists and these yoga guys and all this stuff, you know, three or four or $5,000 just isn't going to be enough to, uh, to pay those guys. So I decided instead to, to up the attendance to, to make it a free event. And then what we're going to do is we're going to staff each seminar and each booth um, with somebody who will be collecting tips uh, via tip jars. They'll be uh, linking people to their cash app, their Venmos, their PayPals, all of that. There'll be like a setup for any of the guys that have like BJJ Fanatics DVDs. We'll have a setup where people can just buy their DVD right there. Um, they can, you know, sign up for their online training materials, uh, subscribe to their YouTube channels, get them, you know, following them on social media, all the different things uh, that would help an athlete continue to build their their name and their brand outside of that event rather than just, you know, paying them a couple hundred dollars to, to do a seminar. Um, so, you know, they're going to have a bunch of different ways to make money. And then they're also going to have a bunch of new fans that are going to be going to all of their different uh, their channels and their different outlets to support them in the future. That's and that is uh, from from the athlete's perspective. I think that's something that's really a, important to note. Is it, in jujitsu right now, um, the most likely the current way that super fight shows 
have been put on. It, it's not really uh, the problem, most likely the most sustainable way of doing things. Would you agree with that? Uh, 100%. That's the, that's the thing that I've just, I've examined very heavily throughout, you know, the first three or four years that I've been promoting jujitsu events is that you're either abusing the athletes and the sponsors in order to, you know, pay people or in order to pay yourself or like guys just aren't getting paid that well. Um, or you're hemorrhaging money from sponsors. You see a lot of uh, like Metamoris and Substars and stuff like that. They, uh, they hemorrhaged money from sponsors. And then when the event fell through, the athletes didn't get paid. The sponsors didn't really get anything good out of it because, you know, if you're involved with an event like that and the athletes don't get paid, like people aren't going to go to your business and, and support it. They're not, you know, um, even if it wasn't their, you know, specifically their fault, uh, it just doesn't leave a good name for your business. So uh, I'm working on a, a completely different uh, model of promotion that's going to basically, uh, for the most part, Oh, sorry, my screen went black there for a second. Uh, for the most part, will take me out of the equation. Uh, I don't want to stand in between the profits, uh, uh, in between athletes and their profits. I want the majority of the money going directly from the consumers uh, to the athletes at my events. And I think in the long term, one, that's going to be a lot more sustainable. And two, I think it's going to allow athletes to make a lot more money and they don't have to deal with me. They don't have to take a percentage of ticket sales or, you know, worry about what they're going to get paid for a super fight because all of that money is going to be going directly from the people who enjoy the events and who want to support the events to the athletes without me being that middleman. And that is, um, I think that's, that's really important because there's so, there's so much thought process from the athletes, uh, in my opinion, that is, uh, man, everybody but me is getting paid top dollar to do super fights. And um, so they like, they want to ask for outrageous amounts of money and they want mm -hmm. to um, kind of, and, and they kind of look to the promoter a lot of time as this guy that is, he's the one that's making everything and he's the one that's, that's taking from everybody. But with that format, I think it might also show a lot of the athletes that, hey, people aren't making millions of dollars a show. You know, this isn't the UFC. And, uh, yeah. uh, it, and obviously we would love for it to be eventually, but it, it's not there yet. You know what I mean? And so uh, we, we do still have to understand. And I mean, you look at in the UFC, some of the lower card people are getting paid, you know, still five to show and five to win. And so insane. Yeah, That's absolutely insane to get punched in the face on national <laughs> TV for, for 10 grand. Like that's, an, that's absolutely insane. And you're almost, yeah, you're almost like, uh, do, when you do a super fight, when you do, you know, something like that, you're almost more building a brand than anything. That's like one of the most important. And that's why I love the concept of the jujitsu Woodstock. I think that's such a cool, uh, that's such a cool thought process because even if you weren't, you're not making you know, very much money at all as a seminar host or um, or as a super fight competitor. You know, with the amount of people that you guys are hoping for, you know, you are building your brand a ton, and that opens up you know a, a huge opportunities for like like you said a BGA Fanatics DVD or something along those lines. How many people do you hope to get at this uh, this event? Uh, at the 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 actual festival itself. Yeah, the festival. Yeah, I, I think we could easily have a thousand people there. Um, 
uh, you know, we're, we're going to be selling 560 tickets to the show the night before. I think we will have no problem selling that out. And I think the majority of the people that go to the show that night are, are going to be like, you know, it's a free event tomorrow. Why would I not go check out these athletes that I just watched killed it, kill it on this awesome stage? Like the venue's beautiful. Um, so I think we're going to get at least as many people that come to the show uh, the night before. Plus, you've got all of the, the kids and teens and everybody that competed in the day tournament the day before. And then on top of that, uh, I've, I've come in contact and, and, and interacted with a bunch of people here in the Des Moines area uh, through the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, a couple weeks back, I had, uh, I had observed that the, the news stations were doing basically everything they could to avoid the peaceful portions of the protest. They were going live the moment that tear gas was thrown out when there was six hours of peaceful protest before that. Um, so I went out and I started streaming the events and within two nights, we had doubled the views of the local news stations. Um, more people were watching my stream and actually people all over the world because it got picked up by a bunch of Twitch streams. Um, then we're, you know, watching our local news stations, which are supposed to be, uh, you know, our mainstream outlet for news and things like that. So, so by doing that, I've built a giant community of people here in Des Moines who have my back. Um, and, you know, a lot of those same artists and people that are involved with the Black Lives Matter movement are also going to be uh, working with the event as well. They're going to be putting on free concerts and things like that. So they're going to be bringing in all of their followings and everything. So I, I think we will have no problem having uh, anywhere from 800 to 1,000 people at this, uh, this festival. Man, that is awesome. I was, I, as soon as I heard about it, I actually heard about it from uh, Danny O'Donnell. He sent me a message, uh, who's nice. the, one of the hosts of the Open Guard podcast, and he sent me a message and he said, dude, you've got to come out to this. You know, Jake's competing on it. We're commentating. It's going to be awesome. And I, I think knowing Danny too, uh, he would never send me a message like that unless it's going to be awesome. And uh, then just hearing the concept was super exciting as soon as you know like i have a i have kind of a group in i'm in st louis i have a group that i train with uh um, of all black belts and we all train together every monday wednesday so i saw him hey guys you guys need to apply to this and even if you're not on the show we need to go down that's going to be fun and so i think we're going to hopefully bring a bunch of our students out to to come and support and have fun with it man i think it should be a really uh, I just love the idea. It's so, uh, for me as a business owner and somebody who's pretty business minded, it is such an interesting concept to look at what everybody else is doing right now that isn't working, but everybody else is still doing it. Or I wouldn't say isn't working, but isn't sustainable. Uh, yeah. And seeing everybody else and saying, well, if, if it's not sustainable, maybe we should try to find something else. And I think that that is, uh, uh, could be something that, is looked back upon even five years from now as, dude, this is what changed professional jujitsu. This is what, uh, this is what made things different. Uh, and so that's what, you know, you gotta be, you've got to, and, and for the people listening, I think, uh, it's important when you see something like that to try to support it and try to be a part of it. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, even if you're a blue belt listening and you're saying, man, I don't, you know, I want to be professional one day, you know, like, Things like this are going to be so important for when you're a brown or a black belt and you are at that level uh, that new things are coming out and new things are being innovated. Okay, so I uh, just shifting a little bit off of the event and a little more towards you. I know that like leg locks and Kimura, Jordan Jitsu doesn't work. I know that that is the, <laughs> that is the tagline. But, um, you know, I'm listening to a few of your podcast episodes, 
uh, which I actually really enjoyed, which, uh, so if you guys haven't heard, uh, it is called, the name of the podcast is Jordan Jetsu Doesn't Work, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. So, um, man, the, uh, the first one I listened to was your episode with Matt Kaplan. Uh, that was, <laughs> man, he talked a million miles an hour, but it was excellent. I absolutely loved the episode. But uh, nice. uh, it, it got me curious. What do you do for a living, Jordan? Are you full-time promoter or what, what is kind of your, uh, what are you kind of you do? So, so yeah, that's kind of the part of the joke of the, uh, of the podcast. Cause you know, I, I don't have a conventional job where I, I go in and punch a clock for eight hours a day or anything like that. I basically am trying to get paid 10 to 12 ways every day, every week, and just anything that I can do to avoid an actual job and to, to fill my life with things that I'm passionate about. Uh, that's what I do. So like I said, taking care of friends, pets, uh, you know, we have a huge community of people at the gym who, uh, take vacations and they need their pets and, and their houses looked after. So I'm doing that constantly. Um, I do like freelance graphic design, you know, logos, flyers, posters, things like that, uh, and help out a lot of local businesses. Uh, I run social media accounts for, for a number of my friends' businesses and they pay me to do that. I, I post for them every day, interact with their, their following, you know, answer their messages, things like that. Um, I teach jujitsu. I teach kids classes, all the kids classes at my gym, no coast Brazilian jujitsu here in uh, Des Moines or Urbandale specifically. Um, and then I also teach a couple adult classes a week. Uh, I get people signed up for the gym. So that's another way that I get paid, uh, promoting, um, there's probably a couple other things I'm not thinking of right now, but like I said, anything that I can do to, to continue filling my life with things that I'm passionate about and uh, have time for those things is important to me. So in my early 20s, I was, uh, you know, working at a, re a local retail chain, trying to climb the ladder, get up to that management status and, you know, get that 60 to 80,000, you know, $80,000 a year job. And I just found myself so miserable uh, doing something that I wasn't passionate about for 40 to 50 hours a week. And uh, I just, I cut it completely. I uh, moved out of my apartment, moved back in with my parents and just started figuring out what I really wanted to do with my life. And, and now I'm finally at a point where it's sustainable and it's, it's able to support the things I want to do all while, like I said, continuing to do things that I'm passionate about. That is awesome, man. That is we're I mean, I'm a jujitsu school owner. We're on the same page about, you know, you, you want to find, you want, you want to make money. You want to be able to eat. That's uh, incredibly important, but you also, you have to do what you love, man. That's, that is super, super important in those things. And uh, yeah, I am on the, uh, I can get behind the Jordan Jetsu doesn't work because I have uh, in my life never had a real job, like a, a nine to five, anything like that. I was a personal trainer. And besides that, I've taught jujitsu and that has been uh, all my entire life has been. So I'm, we're on the same page in, in that sense, in that sense. Uh, so you also just got promoted. Is that correct? I did. I received my brown belt on Sunday. So that, yeah, that was is exciting. That is awesome. So you legitimately got it on Sunday. It wasn't one of, cause I had a few, I had a few promotions that they just got on Monday, but, uh, they actually had gotten them a little bit before when we were kind of questionably opened at our gym. Oh, and, I gotcha. uh, so yeah, yeah, we had, we had, so you legitimately got it Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually got it on Sunday. I, uh, I rolled with my coach and, uh, he's, he's been, uh, training like with his wife and stuff throughout the quarantine. I hadn't, I haven't really been able to train. Um, and that was actually like my first full training session back with like our competition team. 
and uh, we rolled and it was a, a really good roll ended. And then uh, I was laying on the mat. I was actually really tired. I was laying face down and uh, I felt something hit me in the back. And I was like, what's like, I, I didn't really think anything of it at first. I thought he just like threw something at me. Cause he like, I, I got him once like during the roll with a, with a move that he usually gets me with. So I thought maybe he just like threw something at me like a t-shirt or something. Just like, Oh, fuck you, man. But, uh, it was, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think anything of it at the time, but then I looked up and everybody's like staring at me and they're like, Oh really? That's how you're going to do it. And I still, I still didn't dawn on me quite yet. And they're like, look to your left. And I look and I see like a brown belt laying on the mat, but like I was training with a, a handful of brown belts that were around me. I figured it was just one of theirs that was laying on the mat. And I'm, just, I'm still just thinking like, like what? Like, cause you know, I was only a three stripe purple belt. I wasn't even really expecting to get promoted or anything like that. And then uh, he starts ripping my belt off of me and like picking me up by my gi and uh, then he he, tied the brown belt around me. So that that was actually a a really cool way to get promoted, you know, to to have a really good role with my professor and him to be like, okay, you don't deserve to be a purple belt anymore. Like it's time, it's time for your brown belt. So that is awesome. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Do you have, what, what are your, what are your hopes, goals, thoughts about Bromba? What is, what's kind of going through your head as you were a a fresh Bromba? Um, it's just really weird to be honest. Like it, it doesn't, it seems like it was just yesterday that like I walked into the gym for my first class and like, you know, I'm rolling with like UFC vets, like Josh near and stuff and getting my butt kicked. And then it's like all of a sudden, you know, a few years fast forward and all of a sudden I'm a Bromba. So it's really, it's, it's a little bit surreal and, and, um, how do I want to state this? It's, you know, I feel the pressure of like the black belts coming now. So uh-huh. I'm like, so it's like, I, you know, I really need to buckle down and, and make sure that when I, when I do receive that black belt, that I'm, I'm worthy of it. And, uh, that I, that I'll, it'll be something that, you know, obviously it'll be something that I'm proud to wear, but something that nobody will be able to question. Um, so it's, yeah. that's an interesting thing. Brown belt is like, diet black belt you know what i mean it's yep. it's it's very interesting because i mean it's not uncommon we saw last weekend Mourinho just uh you know won a huge event beat a lot of black belts and he's still a brown belt and mm-hmm. so i think you see that a lot in jujitsu and it's very interesting to kind of um to to kind of just it's night and day though, basically. So when you, for example, I, I got my black belt like two years ago and I mean, I had a school as a brown belt, but I mean, I couldn't really promote people. I was promoting people through my coach. And then all of a sudden one day, one Sunday, I get my black belt and now I can give people blue belts and I can, Mm -hmm. you know, promote my students. And so it was really interesting to kind of get to do that. Um, and, uh, it's a really interesting feeling to just get, cause you're, I mean, as a brown belt, generally you are, you're like a black belt, but mm-hmm. it's just your belt color just doesn't go with anything right now. But, you know, in a few, you know, year or two, it's gonna, it's going to. And so it is, it's, 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 it's kind of the, like the, the weirdest belt, I guess, because, you know, you're knowledgeable enough. It wouldn't be, no one would question it if you opened a school, uh, no one would question a brown belt if they you know, are running a, an academy or if they beat a black belt. No one would question it. But yep. you're not officially. They haven't put it on your. They haven't put it on you yet. How long have you been training? Uh, it's coming up on. It's six and a half, about seven years. It'll be seven years in November. Why did you start training jujitsu? 
Uh, so originally, I actually I got in. I was getting into martial arts. I thought I wanted to be a UFC fighter. I was a huge fan of the UFC. Um, I was always infatuated with jujitsu in high school, like with the submission side of things. Um, and I was originally going to start training about the time I was 18, but I just got cold feet about it and just you know didn't end up going in. And then about the time I was 21, a friend of mine had uh, been doing Muay Thai for a couple months, and he's like, "Hey, you know, you should come in, check out Muay Thai, you know, see what, see how you like it or whatever." And I was like, "Okay." So I went in, and the first practice, the coach was like having me try to do like a 20 punch combo. And I'm like, um, can you like show me how to throw a jab, or, uh-huh. like, you know, like a, like a right cross? Like I just I kind of want to learn whatever. He's like, well, that's not how we're doing things today. And I just kind of realized like maybe maybe I don't necessarily want to work with this coach or, or you know or maybe this isn't something I want to do. And I looked over at the other side of the mats and there was the jujitsu going on and it looked like everybody was having like a really good time. It kind of reminded me of wrestling. Uh, I wrestled throughout uh, middle school and high school, so. Uh, grappling was always something that you know obviously I was passionate about and that interested me so I tried one jiu-jitsu class and like I, I mean I was hooked day one like lining up at the end of the class like sweat dripping down my face biggest smile I'd ever felt like it was like one of the highest highs I think I've ever felt um, you know doing doing a sport or doing a training uh, I really missed like that grind and the challenge that, that wrestling provided the really hot wrestling rooms and just sweating your ass off 10 or 12 pounds of water coming out of you in a two-hour period um, and I wanted to get back into something that uh, gave me that same feeling again. So I uh, jumped right into jujitsu with both feet. And I can't say I've really ever looked back since. I've, I've never thought about quitting. I've never thought about, you know, doing anything else. And it's something I've been super passionate about. That's awesome. So do you, would you say, you know, you mentioned that you wrestled in high school and obviously you live in Iowa, which mm-hmm. people wrestle in Iowa sometimes. That's, that's it. That, yeah, that is something that happens in Iowa uh, every once in a while. But would you say that um, there is a heavy wrestling influence on the jujitsu in Iowa? Uh, yeah, there is just because a lot of the people that, that do get into jujitsu have like a, a wrestling background. And so it's a, a lot of takedowns, top control, uh, guard passing, things like that. Things that are easy to teach to wrestlers, head and arm chokes, you know, things that they already basically understand before they get into jujitsu. Um, and then just trying to, to complement, you know, jujitsu around their wrestling game. And that's something that, uh, even though in the, in the beginning years, I did pull a lot of guard and, People would make fun of me for it because like, you're a wrestler. Why are you pulling guard and stuff like that? But um, it's it's definitely made its way into into my game now, where I'm, I'm more oriented in, in top pressure and and takedowns and, and top control. It's so uh, you know that 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 was something I was always curious about because the only Iowa jujitsu guys that I've really rolled with uh, a lot, um, you know, I'm part of tag team, so I've rolled with uh, Matt oh. Layton and John Gutta a lot, and. Both guys pull guard every time we train. Yep. And so, yep. yeah, they, they kind of, I feel like they kind of, uh, they kind of ruin, you know, like they kind <laughs> of ruin what my perception of Iowa jiu-jitsu is. And they had all the way up until I met the diesel squeezel. And then I realized like, oh, wait, there are people, yep. uh, they, they, okay, this is what I expected everybody in Iowa jiu-jitsu uh, to look like. Yeah, and there, there's a lot more of those types of guys for sure. He's a squeeze. He's he's an animal, dude. Absolute <laughs> animal. I uh, didn't uh, I didn't roll with him, and it was completely out of fear. Uh, it was yeah, it was <laughs> it was one of those like one. What if he kills me when we're rolling, 
or two, even worse, what if I do well with him and then he kills me after, you know? So <laughs> there was yeah. a, there was that thought process. I wasn't really sure how to handle that. Uh, so I was like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to avoid him. I'm just going to, you know, I just don't make yeah. eye contact, you know? Yeah. He's a, he's a terrifying looking dude, but he's, he couldn't be a nicer guy. I know, he's awesome, man. And he, he does really well with their kids program at, at Matt's gym at Citadel and everything. So, so yeah. That is, man, I'm glad I didn't like bring up those guys and you just be like, oh, I hate those guys. They're oh, just, no, no, no. they're just both tools. Cause you, you, and sometimes you do that on like a podcast, you assume like, because the person you're interviewing is cool and like the person you know is cool that they don't have any type of bad blood and you mention them. And then all yeah. of a sudden they'll just like start laying in and you're like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, uh, <laughs> no. I shouldn't have brought that up, I guess. No, no, not at all. I've cross-trained with those guys a lot. I like going out to Iowa City and, and getting knowledge from them because uh, they're, they're definitely the highest level black belts that we have here in Iowa are John and Matt. So uh, they've been in, involved with a lot of our events. They always bring a ton of their team out to support it. They're always by far the ones that buy the most tickets and the ones that register the most for the tournament. So uh, nothing but good, good things to say about those guys. And uh, John's got a pretty awesome mustache right now that matches he, up with mine. So, Dude, I see it. Who, who would you say... <laughs> Uh, who would you say his mustache is better? Right now, his, because he's been going longer. I uh, He, like, started his around the time, or he, like, started in on his around the time that I had shaved mine, so it's been going a little longer. So he's got me right now, but uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see in the future. I think I can catch up to him. I So <laughs> I haven't shaved in about six months, and this is the facial hair that I have. So I really, really? can't be in the, I can't be in the mustache uh, without some like eyeliner to like highlight some stuff. You know, I don't think I yeah. can be in the, uh, the mustache conversation. Uh, yeah, it's it, like, it's the only conversation I can be in because that's how the rest of my face is. Like I can let it go <laughs> forever and it's all like patchy and just looks terrible. So if I'm, if I'm ever going to do facial hair, it's going to be a mustache for sure. I like it. It's like the, the Joe Dirt where he says, where he's like, wait, so you're telling me that white trash is so ingrained in you that your hair just grows like that? You don't get it cut? <laughs> he's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so uh, so as you're kind of leading up, um, we, we actually haven't mentioned it. So the, the date of Jiu-Jitsu Woodstock, that would be the last weekend in August, correct? Uh, I believe second to last weekend. Okay, second yeah, to last. It'll be, well, yeah. Because it'll be 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Okay, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. So um, do you think that this will be an event that you guys will do again? Do you think that this is like, you know, what, what is kind of your thought? If you, if you have any or you're just kind of waiting to see. You know, what is kind of yeah, your thought? I, I think especially just with like all the concepts and the ideas around it and all the buzz that it's created and, you know, how I, how I, I truly believe that it's going to be an incredibly successful event for us. And I think a lot of people are going to come to Iowa. I think a lot of people are going to have fun and I think a lot of people are going to want to come back. So uh, we'll continue to do like our numbered subspectrum events. Uh, that'll be a little bit different than say this BJJ Woodstock, but I, I would like to do this once a year, um, something really, really big like this, where we can get the entire community of not only Des Moines and Iowa involved, but then the entire jiu-jitsu community making that, you know, making that pilgrimage to Des Moines, Iowa, where, you know, people wouldn't normally come here just because they felt like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and didn't so, know. Uh, I didn't know that was part of America. I didn't know. I mean, <laughs> geography's not my strong suit. So I was like, oh, you know, Des Moines, I don't. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's in America. I didn't, we're going, you know, so yeah. I don't need a passport. <laughs> we're on our way. 
And yeah. uh, so, you know, as a, do you kind of have a, a hope of, um, you know, like maybe numbers wise, how it's going to grow or, or anything like that? Or do, do you think about that? Or is it just the focus right now on August? Yeah, right now it's just, and not even so much on August, it's just day by day. Like I'm just, I just take it, you know, six hours at a time. What can I do in the next six hours to make, you know, August 21st, 22nd, 23rd, the best event that I possibly can? Who can I reach out to? What matches can I put together? What new ideas and concepts can I think of? Um, that, that is going to, you know, be enticing to the jujitsu community and, and get people to realize that this isn't just another, you know, unsustainable promotional model that's going to fizzle out after two or three events. This is something that's uh, here for the long haul and it's something that the entire community is going to want to be a part of. Um, so, you know, as, as, as successful as I believe this event will be, I believe the success of this event is going to drive success for all future events because uh, I mean, we're going to have one of the most incredible live streams that I think you're possibly going to be able to have. I think it's going to be better than the anything flow or any of the other uh, outlets are going to be able to do the, the venue itself spent over $75,000 in camera equipment and switch gear just to do our event. Um, so we'll have four cameras that'll be placed strategically throughout the auditorium. They are all going to be controlled by my guy who is one, in my opinion, one of the best photographers and videographers in the world. He used to travel the world and organize tours for Slipknot. Um, and now he does it for me. So I'm incredibly lucky to have him. So he's going to be controlling all four of those from a set of joysticks. Like they are, they move so smoothly. You won't have like that human error of like, Oh, I stepped over the cord. So now the, it's jerky uh -huh. for a second or anything like that. Like all the camera work is going to be so smooth and you can put in preset motions for it to pan across the stage or pan from bottom left to top, right. Or, you know, switch and show the crowd at a, at a moment's notice. So uh, I, I believe so strongly in the, the product that we're going to be able to put out there and it's going to be live and free for everybody in the world to see uh, that I think in the future people are going to be so excited about wanting to come to an event here because they understand how how high level of a production and how high level level of an event that it's going to be. What is uh, what is it going to be streamed on? It'll be through uh, probably the Subspectrum Facebook and YouTube channels. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah. that's, see, that's what's nice too is like, there are so many great matches on flow, but if, you know, some people don't, you know, they can't afford however much it is a month at this point, or they don't want to pay that, uh, you know, that's something mm -hmm. that sucks is like, you know, maybe one event every few months you want to watch and it's going to cost a membership to watch that one event. And so yeah. having something on YouTube is so nice. It's so, uh, it's so much nicer to, to be able to do that. Yeah. And that, it kind of takes back to what I was talking about with me, like streaming, uh, the protests lately It's like, you know, news it, granted they are on free channels, but you still have to have like a, you know, an antenna on your TV or whatever it is. And it's not as easily accessible. And you know, those, those news stations are getting 20 to 40,000 views. Whereas like I'm, out there with my cell phone on a selfie stick live streaming the entire protest from beginning to end and we have anywhere from 150 to 200,000 people watching live so it's like just the the power of free and and easy things that are easily easily accessible um can't be you know overstated or yeah i i think that kind of actually brings up an interesting non-jujitsu related topic which is uh something you're starting to see uh just like this right here, the, there is a change in how people uh, uh, 
partake in news. Uh, you know, and so in a big, obviously the, the big thing is Facebook. Most people, most news that they get is on Facebook. I couldn't tell you when the last time I've actually sat down and turned on the TV and watched the news. I don't even know if my TV has news channels on it, to be totally honest. I've never yeah, tried. I couldn't. Same. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so it's really, uh, it's kind of bringing up, there's a big shift uh, and we're probably going to look back on it. It's, it's slow, but we're probably going to look at back on it 10 years from now and say like, you know, like, oh yeah, what podcast do you get your news from? Or what Facebook page do you follow to get news from? You know, because it's not going to be uh, most likely it's not going to be the way it is now. That's a, it's kind of an interesting thought is uh, trying to be as ahead of the curve as possible. Most people now you know, that are uh, 25 year old, 26 year old males get their news from Joe Rogan, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's, yeah, that's interesting to kind of see, you know, and you see all the things shifting and transitioning to live streamed and, and free is becoming so much more common, but free doesn't mean free. You pay for it a lot of times through the ads that you watch or something like that, but there's not somebody else always taking a piece of that. You know what I mean? Like in, there's way less control on it too. Cause you don't have to, you know, we don't have to get, you don't have to get sub spectrum or jujitsu Woodstock approved by, you know, the, um, uh, you know, by cable, you know, like, and yep. they say, Oh Any no, you can't executives or yeah, yeah, you can't say that these guys can't wear that or anything like that. You don't have to do that. Uh, on a side note, a great family guy episode is where they, uh, they start to censor real life, but obviously it's, family guy that they're censoring yeah. and um they have to cover up peter's chin because it looks like balls and uh so they <laughs> they just walk around all the time so he can't that no one can see his chin um that's hilarious yeah so that's a yeah that's a really interesting it's a really interesting concept on that uh but back to back to uh just the event kind of the last question i had specifically about the event were uh do you have any matchups that you can tell us about yet um you know what? I'll just go ahead and say it on here because by the time it gets uh, it gets announced, uh, I'll probably have the poster up and everything anyway. So I'm I'm not too worried about it. But uh, the, the match that I was uh, talking about, and you've mentioned both of their names now, is uh, Matt Layton versus Jake Watson. That's going to be one of our black belt gi matches that'll be uh, put towards the top of the card. That is. Do you think that'll be main event, or do you think uh, at as the moment I would. I would see it as our main event just because like Matt is such a big name around here. Like I said, he sells a ton of tickets. Uh, he brings a ton of people out to support our events, but there is one other match that I can't quite talk about yet that I, that if it, if we do get it put together, that would probably be our main event. Okay. So that yeah. is stylistically, if people don't know uh, Jake and Matt, that is an incredibly interesting, it's incredibly interesting match stylistically. Yeah. Cause uh, uh, is this gear? No gear. It'll be in the gi. Okay. So, man, that'll be an excellent. So, both guys are pretty heavy guard. I would say this. Both guys, because I've gotten to either fight or train with, you know, I've actually fought Matt before we were on the same team. But, um, you know, I've gotten to train with Matt a bunch, and then I've fought Jake before and uh, uh, followed his jujitsu for a long time. Both guys are really good guard pullers, have really good guards, but both have incredibly underrated top games. And uh, so that will be super interesting to me as what's the rule set like? Uh, so it's similar to ADCC. 
Um, first five minutes unscored, second five minutes scored, and then basically points are, are really similar to like IBJJF. That is okay. That'll be really, really an interesting matchup because I, I, I will be curious to see who plays top and, uh, um, you know, and how that goes. Uh, both guys' guards are so good. That'll, that'll be really interesting. That'll be an awesome match. I think that is a perfect – what's the weight class, like 190, 195? 195, yeah. I think uh, Jake said he's walking about 190 right now. Matt said he's about 195, so they just settled on 195 because uh, I think Jake was talking. He's getting with a nutritionist and trying to put on some weight after he gets finished with uh, third coast grappling. He said he's going to take some time off between now and that match to, to kind of build some strength and uh, refine his skills and, and get ready for that match because he's, he's definitely excited about it too. Yeah, man, that'll be – I don't think – have those guys ever fought before? Do you know? Uh, they have not, no. Yeah, I, I think uh, Jake actually didn't even know who Matt Layton was when I first uh, approached him about it. Really? Uh, you know, he he had reached out to me and said, you know, I'd love to do a match. And I was like, I, I know exactly who I want you to go against. Like, you know, the weight class, the belt, like stylistically, it's perfect. And I had mentioned him. He's like, I have no clue who that is, but I'll, I'll take it. And then I, I sent him Matt's BJJ Heroes page. And he's like, 1000% I'll take it. So, yeah, that's uh, I, I sent a message over to Matt and he's like, I love Jake and what he's been doing. I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the way he conducts himself and you know who he is as a grappler. You know, they both love the gi. They both hate heel hooks. So it's, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a, a it's perfect in that sense. Both uh, super nice guys. So I'm excited for that one. That will be that will be an excellent match. That's interesting that he hadn't heard. I guess I guess Matt um, is very big in the Midwest jiu-jitsu. I think that that is probably yep. and um, and he did win worlds as a brown belt nogi. And so that yep. you know he's legitimately obviously super good. Uh, but yeah, that's really interesting that uh, that he hadn't heard of Matt. That'll be a really really exciting matchup uh should yeah. be fun to watch and that uh that kind of presents like a good challenge for me as a promoter because you know i think matt's a super high level competitor that a lot of people should know about so if, mm -hmm. if there are people outside the midwest that don't know who he is um i think after this match and after this event uh, there's going to be a lot more people that do know his name and uh, a lot more people following his stuff yeah, and you know, that, he has, he has a, he's quiet on social media he doesn't do any you know smack talking or he doesn't you know push himself out there that much he just you know he competes hard he, he trains hard he obviously runs a, a really great school and has a ton of really really high level students so yeah he is incredibly quiet on social media too he is mm -hmm. uh, because uh, I think of this because I'm like almost 60 episodes into my show and Matt is probably one of the best guys that I've ever trained with and I've never had the thought of interviewing Matt um, that has never been on my on my thought because I just never see him on social media. And so that mm -hmm. is kind of the, uh, yeah, that's kind of, uh, that, that'll be super interesting. I think that is, that is a really exciting match. Okay. So before we wrap things up, um, we always like to finish with the same question on the show. Okay. So, yeah. uh, so the scenario is this, I am at a Jordan Jitsu doesn't work seminar. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am a, uh, white belt. And uh, we go, you show some awesome, cool, super secret stuff. And then at the end of the seminar, I raise my hand during question and answer. And I say, Jordan, I suck at jujitsu. How do I suck less at jujitsu? So uh, did you follow any of my content during quarantine? Yeah. So I would tell you to get a chair. 
<laughs> and start drilling with your chair. It sounds like the craziest thing ever, but if you do not have a training partner at home, grab a chair. There are You would be amazed at the number of techniques that you can perform on a chair with a gi on it and have it actually uh, work as far as like disrupting the base of the chair. Like I, I swear I got better at sweeps by drilling on a chair because a chair does have a really, really good base, right? A very structural base with four legs that allows it to stand up straight um, and not be swept. So you actually have to like think about technically what you would have to do to break the structure of those legs in order to, to, to just, you know, unbalance the opponent and, and complete the sweep. So I would tell them, get a chair if you want to suck less at jiu-jitsu and drill with it. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I love, usually, I, usually the answers are not unique. Uh, usually people are like, oh, just show up. You know what I mean? Just show up. And yeah. that's like generally, and yeah, we all know that, but we want something different. We want to know some other way to not suck. I love the, I love the get a chair uh, the get a chair idea. So could I use a bar stool or does it gotta be, it's gotta be like a kitchen chair. Bar stools work too. I, they're actually, you know, that's, it's going to show you what like a lankier person's going to be like a lot of the, uh, the leg lock chair videos I did, I did on a bar stool and I actually, I would put the rash guard over the chair. So that was my no gi training partner. And then my chair was my, uh, my gi training partner. And, <laughs> that you know, is... it's, it's obvious, it's obviously all fun and games, but I I'm serious. You can get some legit drilling in on a chair if you don't have a partner. That is awesome. So I actually, I, I had, you know, during the whole quarantine and then actually still for this month with my younger kids, that was the only kind of group that I had people um, being apprehensive about coming back to the gym. And I think the mm -hmm. reason is because little kids see their grandparents a lot and, you know, there was just a lot of fear in that. And so uh, I just decided this whole month we'll just do, we'll keep our little kids classes, but we'll also add some daytime uh, classes over Zoom. And mm -hmm. so you know, we're doing chair drills and stuff like that. I tell everybody, hey, make sure to have a chair for today's, you know, whatever. And so one of my kids, I didn't realize this until we were drilling, she had like a metal folding chair. And that was what she was using. If you push on the legs of a metal folding chair, when you're trying to drill Toriando passes, it's going to close. And so right. she like, was close to losing all of her baby teeth because it closed oh, on her. No. And man, she like she caught herself and didn't smash her face. But she says, Mr. Josh, I don't think this is going to work on this chair. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I think, uh, I think maybe we need to find a different one. Uh, I was like, uh, or just don't put any weight on that one at all. Okay, don't lean on that one. But uh, that is kind of, that is, uh, that's a really interesting one. I love the, I love the getting a chair. Uh, <laughs> we had a conversation and nobody did it. I was, I, I, I thought about doing it. I never, I never did it. So, you know, you're on, you're on social media. If you steal the idea, I would not be offended. Just give me some credit for it. But, uh, the idea of a video where you're drilling on a chair and then things start to progress and then you start going really hard and it finishes with you like going crazy and like breaking the chair somehow. And, uh, so like, yeah, doing that is the scenario of like, you're trying to drill and you're like, stop resisting. And you're talking to the chair, like, dude, let me pass. And then you have to go yeah. super hard to get the pass on the chair or the sweep or whatever. And you have to break the chair. 
Yeah, and then it's funny that you say that because like towards the end, you know, there there are so many, only so many videos you can make or so many techniques that you can perform on a chair. So then I started getting like pro wrestling with it where I was like <laughs> rock bottoming it and I was doing like front flips off my couch onto the chair. And like I, I even did one where it was all outside and it was basically like a fight between me and the chair and I'm like jumping off my shit onto it. And, and in, the end, awesome. it, it, in the end, it did break. So uh, so yeah, if you haven't seen that one, you can I have not out. checked that one out. I will have to look okay. up that one. That is a good yep. one. Uh, I'll send it to you. Okay. So before we finish, I always like to finish. Is there anything you want to say to finish to? Yeah, I'll just kind of give like my little, you know, two cents on, you know, how I plan to conduct myself as a promoter and, you know, through this event specifically, but we want to completely reinvent the way that promotion is done in the sport of jujitsu and have it bleed over into other sports as well. Um, I want to move to a more athlete-centered uh, form of promotion and capitalism where, like I said, I cut myself out of the equation. We only make money off of the services that we actually provide, and that's tournament registration fees and tickets to the events. And then everything else goes directly from consumer to the athlete without me ever touching a single dime of it. So uh, one of the big things that I'm doing right now is so many people uh, believe in this event and want to support it that they've been reaching out to me to see how they can donate to me personally. Um, I will not take any of that money myself, but we are accepting donations through a BJJ Woodstock cash app. And 100% of those donations, what we're going to do is the night of the event, we'll take that amount and we will divide it by the number of tickets that are sold to the event. So if there's you know, $10,000, we'll divide that by 560 tickets. And what that does, is it's going to give everybody who buys a ticket a a form of democracy dollars. It's an idea that Andrew Yang was pushing uh, throughout his political campaign. So that $10,000 is divided by 560 and that's going to give, I mean, what's the math right off the top of my head? I can't think of it. Uh, it's like almost, what is that? That's almost $20 a person, right? No, not 20, almost I don't know, dude. I'm not. A, I a, teach. Yeah, yep. So, so, so yeah, seven, you know, if there's $10,000, we divide it by all the tickets, that's $17. And so each, you know, that, that money won't be given to the person per se, but they'll be able to virtually donate that $17 to the athlete of their choice on the card. So we're taking 100% of the donations collected through that link, divided them by the number of tickets that we're selling, uh, giving those everybody who buys a ticket those virtual dollars that they can then donate to the athlete of their choice. And, you know, if you bring 40 people out, you know, take that times, you know, the $17 or whatever it is, that's another, an extra $700 in the pocket of the athlete um, that that's going to, you know, obviously go towards helping them, you know, make the trip and, and do things in their lives uh, on a regular daily basis. So that that's, like I said, that's, a big thing I want to do is, is create as many streams of revenue that allow the money to go directly from the consumer to the athlete. And I never even have to touch it. So that is awesome. Uh, if you, if you guys want to, if you, yeah. So if you guys want to check that out, I, I probably butchered the explanation a little bit, but if you guys want to check out subspectrumbjj.com slash donate, uh, there's a, a really good written, uh, you know, written version of what I just said that'll explain exactly what we're doing with that money and how it'll go all to the athletes. So we've already raised almost a thousand dollars through that. Um, and I expect that to, to probably quadruple even more than that by the time the event rolls around. And then we're going to have some extra money to, uh, to distribute to the athletes based on, you know, each ticket holders preference. And, and they're going to be able to donate to not only the athletes, but artists that'll be performing on the show, people that are doing the seminars, things like that. Um, so that they can, like I said, it's democracy dollars and you, there's, it's use it or lose it. And you get to give it to the person of your choice. It's, uh, it's something that I'm really, really excited about. And I think the athletes are going to be excited about it too. 
That is awesome, man. That is, that's really cool. I will make sure to put that link in the show notes. So people will have that uh, option to just click and they don't have to worry about typing too much stuff in. And so, uh, yep, yep, we can get that. And uh, that is pretty much all I have for you, man. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for all that you're doing for the community. And uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, we can have you on in the future where we're talking about how, Jiu-Jitsu Woodstock changed everything in Jiu-Jitsu and uh, you know, and we can talk about it then when you, you know, and you have your black belt around your waist and uh, everybody knows that you changed everything. That, that would be awesome. I'm very much looking forward to that conversation because it's going to be something that happens. All right. And that is the interview. That's what we have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I hope, I really, really hope that you guys will check out the event um i I may i know you may not live close to uh des moines iowa so maybe it doesn't make sense for you to check out but i think that this could be something really cool uh this is something that this could really change things for a lot of jujitsu athletes so i think it's important though that we support it uh i really really believe in uh in this kind of thought process i think that is such an interesting idea uh, that most people have, that nobody's really had, nobody's ever done anything like this to my knowledge. Uh, the, the closest thing is kind of like the, the, the Arnold's used to be, you know, um, the Arnold's, uh, for jujitsu used to be a really cool event. And, um, you know, there was kind of an expo around it. And so it, there was, it was kind of close, but it's n- not on the level that this is. And so, I think that this is going to be really interesting. I really, really hope that you guys will support it. I'm going to do absolutely everything I can leading up to it to just um, spread awareness. And I'm not on the event. I'm not on the show or anything like that. I just, I really heard this idea. I think it's going to be an awesome weekend. And uh, I love doing stuff like this. Some of my best memories from uh, after I started jujitsu are the times that we went on weekend trips and competed with the crew, with the team. And so bring your team, bring your friends, bring your, you know, I'll bring my, my wife to this. I think this will be really cool. And then we'll bring, you know, as much of my team that can make it and uh, hopefully support this event and have a lot of fun with it. And so that's what we're, that's what we're looking at. That's what we're hoping for um, with this event. So before we end last little bit to tell you, don't forget bjsucks.com slash simple that is super important do not miss your copy that is absolutely free of simplifying jujitsu i have gotten um i think somewhere like over 200 people have signed up for a free copy of it which i am so excited about it is so cool to me that people have done that uh too it might be closer to three at this point because uh, it's been a few days since i've checked but uh that is a really cool thing to me it's really means a lot to me that that many people have read and I've gotten so many messages of people saying like, wow, that was a really easy read and it was really, uh, really, I think it's going to change things for me training wise. That's so cool to me. And so I want to get it to as many people as possible. Get it, download it, share it on your Facebook page, share the, share the, the link on your Facebook page to get people to sign up for it. Uh, it is, it is really cool. I really hope that you guys will like it. And lastly, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. 
I hope that you guys have an excellent rest of your week. Well, I guess your weekend. You have an excellent, safe weekend. I hope to see you in August at BGJ Woodstock. And most importantly, I hope that you suck just a little bit less at Jiu-Jitsu.